0: Uh, the time that we studied Tehillim of David Melech Shalom. Uh, today uh, we have a special dedication <coughs> by a special girl in our community, Linda Moseri, in honor of her grandfather Shalom Nisim ben Zakiyeh, Mr. Nathan Cohen who who is a Sadiq, good man, <coughs> raised a beautiful family, had a wonderful reputation. And uh, his granddaughter from time to time likes to make these dedications to keep the memory of her grandfather alive, that we should remember him, elevate his neshama in ulama emet, which definitely it's doing. So again, hazaku baruch to Linda, and uh Hashem, these words will be, Nisim ben Zakiya, of course this series, as we know already, <coughs> is the um, is the series that is dedicated in memory of Mrs. Lily Maddeb, Aleha Shalom, <coughs> Lily Le'abat by her son, Dr. Rafi Maddeb. All right. Okay, we're back with that. I'm just setting up the. Uh, Okay, more or less is good. All right, so we move uh, right ahead. And we are in Tehillim today. And we're in chapter Yudhet. Okay, the chapter Yudhet actually is a few secrets in the chapter. Primarily the Perek Yudhet 18, David HaMelech is praying to be saved from his enemies. The Gemara lists that David al had uh, many enemies over his life. You know, from one, one war to another, some of the famous ones, uh, Goliath, as we know. Uh, David had uh, Shem'i ben Gera, yeah, That issue, his son of Shalom. Uh, Sha'ul the King. So uh, David went from one uh, war to another. And he prays in this chapter, the chapter actually begins a long period, but there's one theme in the perioddock. And the theme is It's the song of thanks I guess so he sang this at the end of his life. So after he was saved from all his enemies, Umayyad Shaud. Uh, they put Shaul in a separate category. That she says that Shaul was more difficult than all the other uh, all the other enemies combined. Uh, I think the reason why Shaul was more difficult is because David knew he couldn't kill Shaul. Because Shaul was the chosen one from God. He was a Sadiq, really. So all the uh, all the other enemies, David was able to take a uh, revenge. But Shaul, he had to, you know, white gloves. So that's the hardest enemy that the enemy's attacking you when you have to, you know, you have to surrender to him. But. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, the chapter is really thanking uh, Hashem. Uh, God is referred to as David's rock in Hashem my fort, fortress, the one that saves me, Sudi Hasebo, the rock that I put my, my trust in, Magini, my protector, These are all words of. Uh, you know, talking about how God protects them. Now, in Pasuk Dalid. Pasuk dal Rabotai, great, great secret. Uh, my opinion, it's Kedai to get together just for this uh, Pasuk Oven, the secret that we're going to reveal. Consider everything else extra and bonus, uh, whatever we're going to learn. So let's get to Pshat in Pasuk Dalid We're in Yudchet, Pasuk Daled. Mehulal ekra Adonai. So the pasuk says here literally, "Mehulal ekra Hashem." Mehulal means praise. I call you in praise. I praise you, Hashem. And from my enemies, I am, I am saved. You brought me to salvation. So that she in Pshat says. So David says that I praise you constantly. Kilomar David says, I would pre-praise you. I would praise you before the salvation. David had so much confidence that he was going to. You know, overcome his enemies. He had so much betachon, So the Pasuk says, Mehulal ekra Hashem Meaning, I praised you and thanked you for the redemption before I even had the salvation. Because I was so certain that I'm going to overcome my enemies. That's the way that Shia Kadosh learns the Pasuk. So it's a pre praise showing the, um, showing the, uh, Bitahon that the Bira Melech had. Malbim is a little different. Malbim is a little different. I'm reading Malbim now. Mehulal, At this time, where I'm not in any trouble, as Hashem, I call out to God, and I refer to Him as Mehulal. Shum Mehulal Tamid ki batzad hazeh uh, lo yitpalelu velo yichaninu al sara rak yihallelu tamid al tobotav which means veal yideha uh, hailu levad min oivayi oh, basheya velo yistarek letfila kalal. So the Mardimovia says something interesting. He says by praising God constantly, even when I'm not in trouble, I won't even need a tefillah. He's saying something here, the Malbin. I always praise God, even in good times. Altobotav, and all the the good things that he does. And somehow by praising God even during the good times, I won't need a tefillah at the time of the need. How does that work? What's the mechanics of this? We always always learned in Yeshiva a no person, God forbid, going to a difficult time, open the Tehli book, open the Siddur, and pray. Here, we're learning something else now. That if you praise God, somehow, praising God is a sigulah for the tefillah to be answered at the time of the trouble, and you won't even need to make a tefillah. Uh, so, ma'amaholek ma- So I found an incredible B'nai saskar Labotai, we're going to read it in its entirety. It's in Chodesh Tishri, Ma'amar Bet Ot Vav. So the Rav here quotes a midrash, the varim rabba, Perek uh, Bet Yud Alef. Amar Moshe lefnei Akadosh Baruch Moshe says to Hashem, Rebbeinu shel Olam, Kishitei Roe Banecha Betzar. When you Jewish people will be bitza'ar. okay, Jewish people are betza'ar, when your children will be in pain, in agony, and there's going to be nobody to ask for a hamim, I don't, why, I don't know why there's going to be nobody to ask for a hamim, what do you mean there's nobody, if there's been Israel, there's people that can ask for a hamim, I don't know how, how that works, they'll be betza'ar, but there's nobody to ask for them. What about the people that are bitzah? let them ask for themselves. But for some reason, Moshe Rabbeinu says, there's such a scenario where so Moshe Rabbeinu says to God, please God, answer them. I don't understand the as What do you mean answer them? They're not saying anything. It's a funny language, which means so if there's nobody to be m'vakesh, what does it mean, aneh? Aneh who? Usually answer the means, there was a request put in, nah, please answer. But Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, there's going to come a time in Qalai, well, there's going to be agony, and nobody's going to be capable to put in a request, but answer them. But answer a non-request? I mean, I would have said, tushiya otam, bring them to salvation, no problem. Bring them to salvation, but answer them on a non-request. Anyway, so God answers Moshe. Moshe, <speaking in Hebrew> what a strange word that. So what does God answer? You got it. <speaking in Hebrew> that any time they call to me, I will answer them. What do you mean? But that was not what Moshe Rabbeinu was asking. Moshe Rabbeinu was asking when they can't call to you. So God answers, you got a deal. When they call to me, I'll answer them. But, but Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, <laughs> And what does it mean also, if we're going to be technical in this one of the Midrash, <laughs> At all times when they call me, well, who else are we going to call? Uh, in the Sidur, there's only one number in the, in the Sidur. God, there's only one number in the phone book. Who else, who else are you going to call? So what does it mean? He should say, "Because we know who they're calling. You're calling God. Anyway, the B'nai Yisaschal, after he quotes this Midrash, he, he concedes when he says, there's a lot of Diktukim, there's a lot of uh, 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 observations that we could make in this Midrash. I made some of them for you uh, at no extra charge. So here he comes along now and he reveals such a Hadush Rabotai. So it seems that I've had a Kabbalah, you know, a tradition from his rabbis. Sometimes a person might have a fear to pray. Why would a person be afraid to pray? Uh, he would have uh, apprehension. He has certain, uh, 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 you know, uh, worries and concerns. He says, <laughs> Because he's worried if he's going to start to pray and ask for things. <laughs> oh. There's a world. Uh, uh, out there that we don't even see. It's a world beyond us. Uh, and in that world, there's angels, there's prosecutors, uh, and we have to contend with them. So whenever you're making a tefillah, you hope that it will get past the prosecuting angels. We always thought, well, you pray, you know, yellow brick road. The tefillah goes up, and Shalom uh, saying. It's not so simple. It seems that there are certain times, maybe when there's judgment in the world, when there's a midat where there's the anger of God in the world, where it's a tense time. So then the Jewish people are under uh, scrutiny. Uh, like it's almost a havdil, you know, when the IRS is making an audit on somebody and they open the books. And no alenu, you know, once they start opening the books on somebody, Nobody comes out uh, squeaky clean. Even the most honest guy, they always find, you know, a penny here, a penny there, a decimal point there, a decimal point there. Uh, Nobody is able to, you know, uh, uh, to overcome or overtake the prosecutor. So there is a situation sometimes that when people pray, it arouses judgment on them because they may cut the game and say, oh, this guy's asking for the fu'ah. The guy's asking for shiduchim. The guy's asking for parnasah. Let's see if he's worthy. Let's open the books. And then they start to see this guy will be with all the averot he's doing he as the chutzpah to come along and ask. And then it creates a reverse effect. The tefillin now arouses judgment. So therefore, uh, in such a case, they'll make an audit on his pinkas. The pinkas is his ledger. And everybody has a ledger in shamayim with, with all his deeds, for better or for worse. You really don't want that ledger ever to be open because once it gets open, then they start to scrutinize and it's never good. So what are you supposed to do in that case? <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Now, I know some of you are going to ask me, well, Rabbi, how am I supposed to know if there's a Ketrug or not a Ketrug? I don't, I don't think there's a way you're going to know with this. I don't know there's a way to know if you're in that time where your tefillah is going to be a subject to ketrug or not. But nonetheless, at least if you know this trick, you can always use it. Because the trick that he's going to give you, it's a bypass. It's an incredible bypass, a way to pray without having your pinkas opened and getting results. It is incredible. So he says, As your tof." Yeah. Don't ask for anything. Praise Hashem. Just praise Hashem on the item that you're actually seeking. Example, the hainu. You need somebody uh, needs a refuah. Lo Don't pray. Please give it a Fuah. Who are you to ask for something? You ask for a Fuah, open the book, no, no, don't say that. Just, just praise Borea Olam. And just talk about the fact, like we say in the morning in the Berecha of Yotzer. Or, like we say in the first Berecha, or oh, in the second Amida, na'amidah. Mechalkel hayim behesed. Mechayim metim berachamim rabim somek noflim verrofei holim. You're not praying for anybody. You're just pointing out that a kadosh baruchu is the rofei holim. Nobody could argue on that. It's a praise. Oh. And then he says, hu Mahashapto." Unbelievable. It. it is thought that as you're praising God but don't verbally say who you're praying for at that point in your mind you think but don't say it now how's that going to work so he says, God knows what you're thinking. The good news is, oh. The prosecuting angel, he knows what comes out of your mouth, but he doesn't know what you're thinking. So therefore, you have figured out a way to bypass the prosecution of the Malacham Mikatreg, which means you're praising God. The Malach hears you praising. Now, the Malach can't contend against that. We learned, I think, in an earlier Shiur, when you're praising God, the prosecutor can't come along and say, Who are you to praise? Borealam says, He's praising me. Who are you to stop them from praising me? Therefore, the Mekatreg cannot have any interference when you're praising Borealam. And what does the Mekatreg say? Listen, I'm going to get him once he asks. Once he puts in his request verbally, bingo. So he's got the book in his head. He's waiting to open the book to prosecute. And all of a sudden he sees the guy just praising him, and then he walks away. i say shalom. The prosecutor says, hey, he, he didn't say anything. And all of a sudden he sees doing all sorts of refu'ot. And the mal'akhah is all confused. The guy didn't pray for anything, but he's getting results. The explanation is the prayer was in the Mahjava, He thought it, so the angels weren't able to tap into the thoughts. Only borei olam is yodeya talu moad. So, therefore, it's almost as if the praise is putting an address on your mahshava. Borei uh, olam, I'm going to think of something, but first, let me just say, borei olam, you are ofeh chol basar, o maftila asot, borei and come on, borei olam unbelievable. But just talk about the praises of Hashem. Hashem oh, Olam, cures people. He's unbelievable. And then you put an address. Now put the name in your brain to the address. Bing. So he writes, bodo alam will do it. bodo alam will give results. So he says, And he explains the mechanics of it. Because you're giving the praise to God that Borei Olam is capable of doing such a salvation. The angels cannot prosecute a praise. The angels agree, yes. Olam will execute according to the of the one that's praising. Yeshua, to bring a Yeshua to the one that's uh, in need. Oh. With this Yesod, you know, we have a custom in our synagogue. But now the, the custom has just gone up, you know, the stock of this custom has just gone up uh, immeasurably. We have a custom that on the Shabbatot, before Shahrit, we come about an hour and a half before shul starts, uh, every Shabbat of the year. And we sing what's called Bakashot. Uh, this was an old custom in Syria uh, that they would have to come early on Shabbat morning and sing songs. Now, some of the people, they miss miszalzal on this. Hey, sing songs. What is this? Uh, the Glee Club? Hey, go, go open up a sefer. Go learn something. What are you, what are you singing songs, uh, Shabbat? Now, first of all, you have to know that these songs were written by great Sadiqim. These are songs that are written by, uh, you know, uh, uh, some, uh, some country singer. These songs are Rabbi Yosef Karo, Allah, Shalom, Ibn Ezra, Rabbi Yosef Najara. Go look at some of the authors that wrote these songs. They're written, uh, you know, with tremendous, tremendous Ruach kodish. But interestingly enough, the songs are called Bakashot. Now, we know what a Bakasha is. A bakashot is a request. We're not requesting anything. We're singing songs. I mean, nothing to do with praising Hashem. But I think the secret of the bakashot is, is, first of all, on Shabbat, you're really not allowed to ask for anything on Shabbat. But you're allowed to praise God on Shabbat. You're allowed to praise God. So what we do in the bakashot, if you look at all these songs, in some songs we pray for life. In some songs we pray for health. One of the songs that says, but we're not asking necessarily. We're just talking about how Kadosh Baruch Hu does these things. olam is a goel. olam is a Bore olam is a moshiach. However, during the Shabbat, you're allowed to have thoughts. I could have thoughts. So basically, when you're singing these songs and you're having machshava and you're putting a, a, a thought and attaching it to the to the bakasha, which is the song. So basically, we're praying for an hour and a half, which means we're not just singing songs. Everybody who shows up to it at eight o'clock, you're late. We've been we we started praying at eight thirty, and guess what? In the prayer that you're going to start at eight o'clock, might not be effective because in these songs over there's so much things that are praising Hashem on every single item. One of the songs uh, that we uh, uh, that we sing in the Pismon book, there's a general book, is. Um, Uh, it's a song about 'ah. it's a song but now we understand when you sing that song you're praising God that song with a perfect mashaba of an address where do you want who do you want to get a refu'ah to can bring bring a person to uh, refu'ah and there's no so therefore the Ben of the Bakashot actually it's the perfect prayer so don't don't minimize singing songs to Hashem don't minimize by the way, that's probably the covenant of reading taelim. A lot of these taelim, whatever the whatever the, the 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 theme of that chapter is, praise God, read the taelim, and then in your mind say, alam that I praise you on this item." Bing, 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 Bing. Put coordinates, put an address to it, and let the mahshaba of, uh, uh, of praise reach where it reaches. Based on this, he explains the midrash that we started, and the way he explains the midrash is like this. When your children are going to be it's going to be a you know, situation of need. They're not going to be able to ask for the Not even if they won't be able to pray. Of course, they'll be able to pray, but they're worried that if they pray explicitly, the Mikatrigim are gonna get them. So therefore, You don't have the Person that is confident that he could pray without arousing the opening of the pinkas. miyad ane otam. What do you mean ane otam? Answer them because they're not going to pray to you directly. They're going to pray through hallel. They're going to pray through. So they are going to say something. They're going to make a request, but it's it's couch. It's a request that's covered. It's 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 a request that's uh, it's not an explicit request. It's a, a request that's coming through a, a veil. It's a veiled request. And therefore, Aneotam. Now, by the way, not only Aneotam, Miyad Aneotam, which means Hainu Miyad, just at the time of the praise, Tefillah, before they even ask for anything. And that's why it says Aneotam, he says, because they're saying something. They're saying a praise that at every moment that they call to me, what does he mean called to me? If they're going to say it verbally, they're calling to the angels as well. But how do they call God directly or exclusively to the Mahshaba? So they put it, as long as they do it to oti. They're able to bypass the angels. There will not be a ketrug. So he writes, the 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 angels don't know what he's thinking. God says, I will answer them. You know why? because I know what you're thinking. So that is uh, that is really, really incredible. So therefore, by the way, when you make the second barakab, the amida, you should have kavanah, all these things that you say, you could make exactly, to Based on this, I saw one of the tzaddikim, that they this the ben Saskar actually in a different place he explains a pasuk that we say in tehilim in the hallel what's the pasuk that we say odecha ki anitani so the way he explains the pasuk is uh odecha odecha means i will thank you i will praise you ki anitani ki when i'm going through a difficult time odecha I will praise you. And I will have a Yeshua. Because the praise during the time of difficulty is a shoe-in. It's an automatic. You don't have to worry about any mekatrigim. Uh, any Based on this, the B'nai Yisashkar explains our pasuk. Mehulal ekra Adonai. I will call to God through mehulal. I will call through God, not to an explicit tefillah. Mehulal. Ekrá Adonai u'min oyevai evashayah. Min oyevai would mean I will be saved from my enemies, meaning the mekatregim, the enemies, the mekatregim and the shamayim. Min oyevai evashayah. How am I going to get saved from the mekatregim? Because mehulal, I I pray to God through mehulal. Ki hamaskid lo yitzterik levakesh bakasha to be et hashem itbarak derek bakasha like derek shemah. Ben So therefore, as we explain, I will refer to God or quote him in a Hilul way, in a praise way. So that's a a sod, a sod gadol. Uh, So the next time you open up the Pismon book, and the next time you open up a, a Sheer, by the way, you should look at the, in, 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 I, I would now open the Pismon book and I would look at the theme of the different Pismonim and I would write on the top, Rifu'ah, Parnassah, see what, see what the praise is and just sing the song. And nobody knows what you're thinking. They just think you're part of the Glee Club. They think you're just singing songs. You're part of the choir. You're a soprano. You're an alto. No, they don't even realize that you're doing the biggest subterfuge against the Satan. Or the Malachim, the uh, you're singing songs, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very, very key strategy. So that is the first kedusha of the chapter. Remember, Pasuk Shem Now, I'm not saying that that's what the the uh, the Malbim was saying, but he does say. So who knows? That's the show of the. Uh, Malbim could be he was alluding to the secret over here that you don't need a tefillah. Now, the Benish High in his uh, Perush on Tehillim, he has a Perush called Hayim bhashalom That's the sefer over here on uh, Perkeh Tehillim. He has Dirash as the Benish High's way. He did a calculation and he said that there are 45 days of the year that we say uh hallel all right let's go through them the quickly uh 9 days of sukkot 9 8 days of hanukkah so that's 17 right there then you have the 8 days of pesach but also the first two nights of pesach we say the hallel in the synagogue so that's 10 so that takes you to 27 the two days of shavuot that's 29 now you have rosh chodesh now, not every Rosh Chodesh do we say Halil. For example, uh, there's no Rosh Chodesh, there's no Halil on Tishri, because Tishri is Rosh no Hashanah. There's no Halil on that Rosh Chodesh. Um, also, Rosh Chodesh Tevet. You don't count it because it's Hanukkah. So we counted Hanukkah already. <clears throat> so you don't want to double count. Um, so therefore, you have Cheshvan, two days. We just had that one. Kislev is coming up. Islam will give one day, because it's not always two days. It's one day. Uh, That's three more. Shabbat is one day. Adar is two days. That's six days now. Nisan is another day. That's seven. Iyad is two days. That's um, nine. Siban is one day. That's ten. Tammuz is two days. That's twelve. You have uh, Elul. Or Av. Av is one day and Elul is one day. That's two more. So that's fifteen. So twenty-five and fifteen. Sorry. Twenty... Yeah, 29 and 15 is 44. Okay, close enough. We said 45, He said 44. No, it's not. It's 45. How? Because the Gemara says that on Purim we read the Megillah. And the Gemara says, The reading of the Megillah is like Halil. Gemara is, how come we not say Halil on Purim? We say Halil. the Kiryat. That's the best Halil. we tell the whole story. It's, it's, uh, Halil Gadol. we say the whole Halil. Beauty. So it's 45 days. So the Rab says you can read the Pesuk like this. The word mehulal, mehulal, uh, you could take the he and split it up, ma halil. mehulal, ma halil. mem he 45 days that we say the hallel. I call out to God. oyevai So that's the image that the 45 days a year that we say the halil. Okay, now let's discuss one of the episodes that David Amelich thinks thanks Hashem for. Now. If you never heard the story, uh, you'll be shocked. You know, I don't know why they don't tell us these stories when we're young in, in yeshiva. Uh, be great, great to know these things, but uh, it's actually from a gemara. David HaMelech in the pasuk. Uh, I'm going to tell you the pasuk. The pasuk is going to be in Perik Yod-Khet. Yeah. This is a whole story in itself. Uh, David says, Sa'adi uh, Tahtay. Which literally means, uh, you widened uh, my strides from underneath me. Something happened underneath David. Something became widened. And I didn't get crushed. It seems that Balik was about to get crushed, and then the ground opened up, and he was able to go into the ground, and therefore he got saved somehow. What's this? What's the case? Well, you gotta open up a Gemara said Listen to an unbelievable Gemara. The Gemara, explain this passage. Gemara Sanedrin, Daft, Sadihe. the backdrop to this story. The backdrop to this story is David had a uh, encounter with the Kohen. At the time, the Kohen was the Kohen of Nov, Ira Kohanim. And the Kohen was uh, Ahimelech. And the Kohen helped David. David was in danger, the Quran gave him some bread, gave him a weapon to protect himself, to care of him. Doeg, Doeg was a bad guy. Doeg went to Sha'ul and spoke Lashonara on David and spoke Lashonara on the city of the Kohanim and said, oh, these guys are supporting your enemy. He created jealousy between Sha'ul and David. As a result, Sha'ul gives permission to Doeg to kill the city of nov iraqwarim including the Kohen, including 85 people terrible terrible thing Doeg, by the way does not have all of it's of this way Shonara, and all that nonetheless for whatever reason the gemara holds david a little responsible for this uh, the gemara says and i quote kadosh David, ad mata ye avon tamun how long uh, are you going to have this avon by you? This sin? You have to purify yourself. nov kohanim. It came through you. The city of Nov was killed through you. Now, again, David the melech really didn't have any kabinat to kill ira He just went to, I mean, it was, it was through him. It was nothing to do with him. It was just, he was in between. I guess he had to be more careful. What should I tell you? He had to make sure that nobody was looking. I mean, he had to be a little more careful. However you want to learn it, God said you have to pay now for what happened to Nov. <clears throat> so Borei Olam gives Davi two options. Option number one. Option number one. Your uh, descendants will be Totally destroyed. Until one, you'll have one left. That's it. Knock you all out. Or you'll be put in the hands of the enemy. I'll take the hit. Let me be put in the hands of my enemies, and whatever uh, happens, happens. Kapara. The Lishkor Bazai. One day David went out hunting. Don't don't uh, don't think that he was just hunting. David Melech, Well, he had more cabbana in his hunting than you have during the uh, Ilan yom kippur. I promise you that. This is not the. Uh, you know, okay, you know what, day off of work, let me go do some hunting. I'm gonna go to a baseball game, i to go to a football game. I have to shut up. David going hunting, trust me, it is tremendous kabana and uh uh, uh, what he's having over here. More than the kabanot of the rashash on the amida, David Amelech is having when he goes hunting. I guarantee you that. I cannot tell you what his kabanot are, but I know that. Atas satan, ve'edmelech tavia, the satan showed up that day, and he dresses up in masquerades as a, uh, a tsvi. Tsvi is what? A uh, a deer. Patak begira, ve'lo matyeso. David sees a deer. He took a shot at it. However, it didn't reach it. So he started to chase the deer. And the deer was leading him on. And David's chasing the, deer. It's the Satan. Obviously, the Satan's going to take David to a bad place. Anyway, he took him into Pilistin territory. Kidahaz Yishbi, who was in this Paleshtim neighborhood, Yishbi, Yishbi Benov, who was Yishbi, Goliath's brother. <laughs> so all of a sudden, and everybody knows what David did to Goliath. and the Yishbi is uh, not going to forgive David for that. You know, he's not at tzaddik. Uh, no problem about it. Uh, no problem make the shubha. So here's Yishbi's chance to settle. The score and make the sweet revenge for the death of his brother. This is the guy that killed my brother Goliath. So he says, Okay, so he he locked him up. Yishmi was able to lock up David. Now, before you know what that means incarcerated. He's going to kill him. So they put him under the press, the press that they pressed the olives. Now they're turning the press, and now the press slowly, slowly is gonna crush David. That's it, he's under a press, by the way. le nisa. made a miracle. the ground started to open up. So the press did not uh, did not go on him. <speaking in> Haynu <Hebrew> Our Pasuk today's reading, Sa'adi. You widened the place from where I was standing, tahtai from underneath me. Ma'adu karsulai, and I didn't get uh, I didn't get crushed. So there you go. Kol David Amelik is thanking God for that episode that we just read. Now there's a there's a PS to this story. Wait, wait what do you think? We just gave up. Yishri now realizes it's not going to be easy to kill David because David has supernatural stuff happening to him. That day was a Friday. Also, maybe that's what David was going hunting. It was a Friday. It Shabbat. He was going hunting for, uh, for, 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 for Friday here for dinner. Anyway, back at the ranch, that's Yoav Av bin Surya's brother, that's David's general's brother. How about he was washing and taking a shower with Shabbat. No problem, nothing wrong with that. And uh, he has a bucket of water. And all of a sudden, Abishai looks in the water and he sees blood. Abishai says, oh, this is a siman. Why is there blood in the water? He says, this is an indication to me that David's in trouble. So now he needs to go. He has to go find David. And first go He has to go find him. But he needs a horse. The fastest horse in the stable is David's horse. Problem is, David's the king. And you're not allowed to use the king's horse. So look at these Sadiqim. Avishai goes to the Sanhedrin first and asks the She'ilah al Khatit. I am sure that David is in trouble. And I know you're not allowed to use this horse, but are you allowed to use the horse. Anyway, they tell him, you could use the horse. Okay, so now he gets on the, the, the king's horse. And where's he going? 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 He had what's called kipizata aris, which means the earth contracted, and all of a sudden he found himself boom right in the spot. Kapsaha aris, aris. Sound familiar? By the way, this week's perasha, we're learning this week. Uh, there's also a aris in this week's perasha. Anyway, and he ends up. In the spot where David is, in this uh, Yishbi town. When he gets to the place, who does he see? He sees Orpah, the mother of Goliath. The mother of Goliath and Yishbi. And what is she doing? She was uh, weaving. Okay. When she saw Abishai, she took the spool... And she threw it at him, figuring that the spool will kill him. This is called attempted murder. It didn't didn't kill. Now, she's a marsha'at. She made it as if it slipped out of her hand. So she comes and says, oh, excuse me, uh, young man. Uh, The uh, spool fell out of my hand. Could you please uh, pass it to me? Abishai says, of course. Of course I could do that. My honor. And he took it and threw it at her head and cracked the head open. And... uh, uh, you know, that's it. Anyway, now after he knocks off Orpa, he moves his way in and now he's with David and Yishbi. So what happens? Yishbi says now it's two to one. Two against one, not going to be so simple. So at that point, Yishbi puts his sword on the ground, takes David, throws him up in the air planning that David will land right on the on the sword, and uh, that's it, and everybody lives happily ever after. All of a sudden, what does Abishai do? Abishai says shem. one of the Shemot, the the Shem of suspension, and all of a sudden David now is hovering in the air. <laughs> he does, he's watching this, what happened to gravity? I was like, gravity is when you don't have the Shemot. Once you have the Shemot, <laughs> like we say, defying gravity. So that's what happened. Now Yishbi is watching this. Now Abishai, and did have a conversation. What are you doing here? How'd you get here? Don't ask a question. Uh, Hashem uh, gave me an option. I chose the option of getting uh, delivered into the hands of my enemies. Abishai says that was the wrong decision. He says, what do you care? Let your children suffer later on. Why did why, why, you take it on yourself? He gives them a mashal let your grandson sell wax, and you don't suffer, let, 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 push it down, kick the can down the road, let your grandchildren suffer, what do you take that for, so, all right, but it's too late, it's not too late, let's pray to God, and we'll pray to God, to change the igazira, so they pray, and now, they got to get out of there, so what happens, they start running away, and Yishmi is chasing them, and now it's not so simple because Yishbi was very strong, and even David and Abishai felt that the two bears cannot beat the one lion. Yishbi was like a lion, they said, We're in trouble. So, what they did was a tactic. When Yishbi got close to them, they told them, By the way, don't forget on the way back, go visit your mother, or pa who's in her grave. When he heard that, he got weak a little. You know, just hearing the death of his mother, once he was vulnerable. Boom, they killed him. And then uh, David and Abishai would continue going. And then the end of the story is that the second curse came upon David, where uh, a lady called Atalyao killed all the descendants of David. And except for one Yehoash, which was hidden in the Kodesh Kodashim. For seven years, Atalia didn't know that, who would believe that there'd be somebody living in the Kodesh Kodeshim. And it was being supported by the Kohen Gadol, etc. And then eventually Atalia thought she got everybody, but she didn't, Baruch Hashem. He was, uh, 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 David's dynasty was almost uh, extinct. Anyway, the Gemara concludes that Abishai was not the only one that had Kipi Ares. There was somebody else that had Kipi Ares. And who's that? Avraham. Because it's this week's Penasha, so I'll uh, I'll tell you something about that something I said recently at a wedding. So Eliezer is going to find the Shiduch. So when he gets the bit to early, he says, he says, I came today. So that she says, Bati. I left today and I arrived today. Although it might have been like a three-day trip. Or more but he did it in one day so the rabbis want to know how did the ezzet make a long trip so quickly the Gemara calls it kifitzat ta'aris the earth contracted and as if uh, the earth came to him like you know the earth contracted and if it was a small distance if it was able to get there and time, kifitzat ta'aris the question that i asked was god does not make miracles for no reason the God does not make miracles for no reason. So why would it be that he would have a kipiza? I understand the case of Abishai, he didn't know where he was going. So Bode Olam put him on the magical horse of David. And before you know it, he found himself right in the spot that he needed to be. Whereas in the Az's case, he knew where he was going. So what did you need kipizat for? So we explained it that. Since this is the first Shiduch in history, it could be the Zerremes to all future uh, couples that are going to get married. That we pray that they should have Kifitzat What is Kifitzat Whenever we talk to, about Haaretz, Haaretz represents the natural uh, rules of the world. The world has its natural rules, by the way. Uh, sunrise, sunset, you uh, gotta go to work, make a living in natural ways. Uh, having children, there's certain systems that Borei Olam put in the world that are, we call them the laws of nature. That's the audits. The Arits are just laws. I think what kifitzat aris means is that if you have a Zechut. you're able to go above the laws of nature. That you have you're not bound by the regular, you know, uh, uh, interferences, you're not bound by the regular obstructions that everybody else deals with. It's like the Jewish people when they came out of Mitzrayim. You know, derecha there's an ocean in front of you. You're stuck. Uh, if you have kifitzat things split in front of you, stuff happens, and you say, wow, it's miraculous. So we always wish that we'll be zocher to kifitzat ta'arez, that when we go through life, we don't have to go through the normal, you know, uh, difficulties of, uh, of natural order, which sometimes could be very, very difficult to overcome. We want to have shortcuts have shortcuts. By the way, I think there's a way. There's a, there's a, there's a singular how to overcome it. I think there's a way to do that. The says, Torah If you want to get away from derech the way of the eretz, of natural order, accept upon yourself the way of Torah. If you accept upon yourself the way of Torah, you're above the nature now. No derech eretz now. Derech eretz is uh, one plus one equals two. You want to have one plus one equals uh, sixty-three? A different uh, system. Uh, all Torah, that's probably why when, when Yitzhak gets to the well, the first thing he gives to Rivka is two two bangles. The Torah doesn't tell us just about the uh, jewelry. Mm-hmm. Hamim tells us those two bangles were the Shneluchot, and they weighed Asarazahab Meshkalam. the Birot. Basically, what Ili'iza was telling Rivka is <clears throat> listen, you want Kepizat the in your life? All Torah, here's the Ten Commandments, except the point, point. and then you'll have to be tzadah and that's what we tell every hatan bekalah. When do we tell the hatan bekalah this? Here's the hadush that we said. At the end of the ceremony, we break the glass. It's a custom, they break the glass. Of course, everybody knows, that's why you break the glass. I've said many times, because that's the last time the hatan will put his foot down. That's the why I break the glass. But the point is that there's a deeper explanation why we break a course. Because the numerical value, of course, is 86. And there's another word that also equals 86. That's the Hebrew word for nature. Hateva. Hateva equals 86. And therefore, what we're doing at the end of the wedding is, we're telling that, if you accept upon yourself all Torah and all mitzvot, and therefore we shatter the course, we shatter Hateva, we break the rules of Hateva, and at that point we're blessing the Hatam v'kala, may you have Kipitzat aris. may you be able to go above that, just like any Ezzel when he made the first Shidduch in history for our nation, we pray that that's a siman for all the descendants of Abraham Isaac, and Ya'akov as well. They should have the same rising above Aris, and that's symbolized at the breaking of the course, which the course again is the breaking of the rules of nature. Nonetheless, uh, we conclude this chapter with two very, very important lessons. Lesson number one of the B'nai Hashem. I call God not through verbal prayer, through praise, through song. Doesn't know what I'm thinking. And the second thing is the famous story of David, how he got saved. He got saved from Yishbi when the ground opened up. And he wasn't able to crush him. And then ultimately the salvation when Abishai came on the king's horse with the Derech and the Aris and was able to save our great king. Amen.